the XYZ Podcast, the podcast where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. I'm Eco. I'm the Y. I'm Zach. I'm the Z. Today our X Factor is... Hi, I'm Alex, and I have an X in my name. Ooh! Perfect. Yeah, worked out well. Oh, man. We were just talking... most X of Factor. Yeah. We were just talking about the new rooftop bar at Second City, which is themed with as... High-end tailgate, right? Luxury yes. tailgate. High-end tailgate. It's called uh, Utopian tailgate. Oh, wow. Utopian tailgate. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Okay. And the only problem with it is that people keep joining the line for it and thinking that it's the Second City line because it's in the same building. Oh, no. Which, I mean, I, and I've been saying to myself, God, I hope they get a sign, which they did. They did eventually get a sign, but it doesn't have the name on it. It just has a picture of a tiger and a jeep. That... What? That yeah. makes That says nothing to not me. Sense. Is that supposed to mean tailgate? I mean, once their advertising goes, and maybe it's more their logo, you know, that sort okay. of thing. Yeah. But That's since fair. it's brand new, it's also kind of like, wait, what is this? What is, yeah. So, but I hear it's great. I hear it is honestly, like, the drinks are great. The, the you know, it's a, it's employees are friendly. Just overall, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. It's just odd. Odd, It's yes. just odd. I don't want to, you know, speak ill of it. It's just weird. Yeah. You know? But... What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. yeah. So for context, I know uh, me and Alex, we uh, are in the same musical improv conservatory class yes, at Second indeed. City. So well, I don't think they're calling it conservatory anymore, at least the yeah. music part. Yeah. I don't know what it, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's called. But. Which, I, I don't know. Maybe they want us to feel less important more. Or I don't. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Second City just out here just trying to uh, just... Push your self-esteem a little bit down. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you're in the conservatory, but not the conservatory. We're going to just deflate the ego a little bit. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Again, I can't speak to the process, but who knows? Who knows? knows? I'm sure someone out there will happily answer. Comment below if you have the answers. Is there a place for them to comment? Yeah, yeah. you can comment on uh, Facebook or even directly on the SoundCloud, but I feel like it'll... Gain more traction on the Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If there you want you us go. to actually respond, it's probably going to be more on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to respond to a SoundCloud comment. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on SoundCloud. Uh, the, I've been on before this podcast, but the main reason I am on is for the sake of yeah. uploading the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It gets it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's got all the RSS feeds, and that's that's what you need. That's what you need. There you go. It, yeah. A little inside baseball here on podcast. <laughs> podcasting. Inside baseball? Oh, you've never heard that term? No. That's like when you start talking like real jargony or about things in a specific like industry or something uh, that might not always be... Uh, I don't know. I'm sure people who are listening to a podcast are like, that's not that inside baseball. We listen to podcasts. We know what an RSS feed is. Uh, yeah. But I mean, like, inside baseball for improv would be like, what, sweep edits? Yeah, talking, yeah, about, talking about, about edits in general. Sweep edits. Uh, heighten. Work. You gotta heighten. You gotta heighten. Yeah, you gotta play the game. Uh, you gotta have a want. Uh, talking about heralds could be inside baseball oh, for that's some definitely. people, depending on your Oh, yeah, audience. especially if you drill down to which beat. It's oh, like yeah. A3. Boom. Oh, man. Boom. A3. Uh, A3. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man, I haven't done a Herald in so long. Uh, yeah, neither but, have I. I don't think I have, either. Uh, not since I was at I.O. But, yeah. yeah. But so one day again. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because yeah. I like it. It's just I, hard. Yeah. I, I feel like I was kind of trained on Heralds, and I just still like them. I know a lot of people are tired of them. 
Well, but, I mean, and it's a weird sort of pseudo-complicated setup. Yeah. Especially with improv where the rules are fluid. It's not like the way I learned. So I actually learned it first at Second City when they had the long form program. I think Interesting. And uh, I think uh, I think Rachel Mason taught us like the, mm-hmm. the like the most basic Herald idea you could, which was like so you just instead of taking it as like um, the a, a B and C are like no first beat scene one scene two scene three right so I, yeah. it's like one A B C and then two A B C yeah it's then, the 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 in the second third of the of the yeah. thing they the three scenes are related to the first right. three scenes of the first third right right so <laughs> like the way she taught to us was like instead of taking like b1 b2 b3 which are like the the thirds of the mm-hmm. of the of the show you just take the scene you just if you slice just the scene and follow that one scene through it makes more sense so it's like if you take the first scene first beat and then this first scene second beat and the first scene, third beat, then it makes sense because it's like it just evolves somehow. It's like just using the word scene instead of beat, like you mean, or no, like, no, no, like no, rather like, using the, beat as a division term rather than a grander term. No, as in like you follow the scene instead of you follow the instead of following the beat. As in oh. you like like oh okay I see what you mean like so when the, you're when you're thinking about it you're thinking about one uh, a one b one c you're not thinking about one two three yeah or yeah, what yeah. Have you. so it's okay. like. Okay, I did a scene that where I was a painter, and like I don't know, I was just a painter, and then somebody else was there, and then so I don't know what's a logical evolution of that scene. That would be like I don't know, maybe somebody said my painting was terrible, and then what's the logical evolution from that? Those right. bastards. Those bastards. Why would they say? That? Why would they? I get you. I so, I honestly have never been able to explain a herald to anyone without a visual aid. Yeah. So you know, comment below for a visual aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, when you explain it that way, like, so I think, you know, it makes sense to me because that's like the, that's the focus, that's the grounding of it. Mm-hmm. And then you just have three of those and then you just slice it up in a certain way. And then you have like energy slots in between where you just have fun yeah. and like try to get new ideas. You do group stuff. Group yeah. stuff. Group yeah. Work. yeah. It's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. 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 No, so, I don't like that. Rachel Mason has great advice. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. Uh, I'm gonna put out a hot take here. Okay. Rachel Mason, great improviser. Wow, hold <laughs> the on, man. Of takes. Oh boy, the oh of boy. Takes. I, I think some people are gonna fight you on that. Rachel, one. Oh, Rachel, uh, we're calling you out. We're calling. We're you calling out. you out, Rachel. Comment you below. are good at improv. <laughs> uh, oh, calling you out here, man. Fight I see. I see her a lot in because I work in the box office now and then, and I see her in just around because you know mm-hmm. she's yep. around and. I never know if she actually remembers me or if she's just seen me enough. Because I did, I have taken a few of her classes. Yep. But she also sees, like, you know, how many students every year. And I, if she does actually remember me, I'd be super impressed and flattered. But I also completely understand if she doesn't. But I honestly can't tell because she's just so, like, friendly, polite about it. Yeah. She's just like, oh, hey. Like, I'm like, oh, hey. Okay, cool. I had yeah. that feeling recently uh, with an improv feature I had. Mm-hmm. And this somewhat connects yeah. to something that you've talked about wanting to talk about on the podcast probably. Oh. But, uh, so do you know yeah. Craig Euler? Oh, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. I had, I've had Craig as well. Uh, a teacher. We yeah. both yeah. had Craig Euler. We were in the same class. Yeah. Uh, uh, me and Nico. Uh, and I, I was at Chicago Comics picking up comics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in walks Craig Euler. I recognize him because he's talking to the cashier and he speaks in a very distinctive way. Oh, yeah. And he's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's memorable. He is. And I was like, I 
I know him. I took a class with him at this point two years ago, maybe. Uh, and I was like, I, I don't, I'm like scared of getting up close because I'm like, what, what if he doesn't remember me? Mm-hmm. That's going to just shatter me forever. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of like walking around the edges because I also am ready to check out. But I'm sure. also like, I don't, I'm awkward and I don't like running to people I know in yeah. public. And then he, but that makes it more awkward because it looks like I'm stalking him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then eventually he's just like, hey man, I see you there. Uh, how's it going? How have you been? Uh, he, he, he acts like he recognizes me. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he also uh, seems to recognize me, but I don't know if he's saying hi because I'm working in the box office or if he like remembers me because he's the one who pointed out that I, I look very similar and he was very entertained by this, uh, very similar to Judge Reinhardt. Oh my uh, God. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah. And then once it was said, I cannot unsee. Uh, do you know, uh, he no. is, do you remember in the Santa Claus? Um, the the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, I know of that, but I don't know. Oh, Do you know it's... Beverly Hills Cop? Because that's always my go-in for him. Judge Reinhold? Uh, I think so. Reinhold. Yeah. I his first name is Judge. Of... Yeah, his first name is Judge. Uh, there was an awesome bit on um, Thirty Rock. Was it? It was no. It was oh. uh, Arrested Development, where he was Judge. Judge. Yeah, Reinhold. that guy. But okay, yeah. okay. not so much nowadays. Like, look at him in the eighties. Yeah, look at him when he. Oh was yeah, in this his this pick. Yeah, 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 the, yeah that one. Over yeah, there. and it cannot be unseen. Yeah, but uh, I will always remember Craig for that, and just because I, I I enjoyed having him as a teacher because he's very high energy and supportive while trying to be like constructive criticism. Yes. So it's very nice because I I've had teachers before, not necessarily for improv, who were very much like, hey, you know. Let's all say the things we liked about that. I'm like, that's that's wonderful, that's heartwarming, but that does not help me get better. I, I kind of like getting like a mix of that. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's, I don't know, I took three classes, I think, with Craig weirdly mm-hmm. and I know. Uh, and I also got a couple teachers who were mm-hmm. a little bit more of the hippy-dippy, touchy-feely, sure. uh, which I kind of liked a mix of it. It was kind of yeah. cool to have yeah. both. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, there are times where sometimes they're being too nice, and I want them to continue being nice and supportive. Because I have a fragile ego because I do improv. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I'm not getting better sometimes when... Exactly. Uh, yeah. I took a writing class in college like that where it's just like, let's all name the things we liked. I'm like, no, t- tear it apart. Take the red pen to it. Tell me what I did wrong so I can know how to do it right. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, so... But it's cool. But, yeah, no, like, if they do... If any of these people do remember me, that's awesome. And I think they're wonderful. But if they don't... It's legit. You see a hundred thousand students every year. Like, yeah, I am true, not. True, I true. am unoffended either way. So comment below if you remember me. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel and uh, Craig, we're calling you out again. Yeah, yeah, you guys are definitely listening to this episode, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're going to put this onto a flash drive and just like slip it into their hand, like we're uh, tipping the valet. <laughs> Sneak it in, just like break into their office or their home, uh, and just leave it there in a flashback. Why not both? Why not both? Double down. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to make it as creepy as possible. Yeah, I think that's the friendly way to do it. Well, I, mean, I already creeped him out. Exactly. Once. I was gonna say you started it in the comic yeah. shop. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Like you said, though. That does relate to it. Does uh, I, you you have mentioned that you're into comics? I am. I am uh, it, in, to the point where it has probably forced out information that would be useful to me as an adult. Oh <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, cool. Perfect. Uh, uh, Most the important information I know is you know who all the comic book people. Comic right. Books. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like 
I, I, to put it into perspective, I, one of my jobs that I work at right now, it, ha- it involves a lot of time of just being behind a computer in between customers. Mm-hmm. And I've been at that job for like two years now. And well, coming up on two years, I guess. Hmm. No, a year and a half. Anyway, yeah. point is that in that time, I decided I was going to read everything while I was, you know, working in between things. I was going to read everything from that Marvel put out. From starting with Civil War, which was in 2003, and ending when I started to, like, really remember shit where I felt like, oh, I just read this. Because I do read as they come out weekly. Yeah. Um, Uh, Did you get any today? Because it is Wednesday. It is. um, My, the place I get them from comes out, uh, I'm on a delay. Okay. I'm on a small delay. Yeah. Um, But, and I just finished, like, last month, I just got to... The Secret Wars event, which is from 2016. So you just finished the Hickman Avengers run. Okay, so quick question. (laughs) It's so freaking good, and I didn't appreciate it when it was coming out. Quick question. Quick question about scale. So how many like so how many comics a year does that amount to? (laughs) Well, uh, most titles are monthly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Occasionally, you'll get a bi-monthly thing. Although I think that's mostly DC style is to have. Like they're high value, high value, like high in demand characters like Batman or Superman come out bi weekly. Yeah, twenty sixteen especially when they started the rebirth. rebirth yeah, uh, they really uh, started to release everything. They're, they're really big stuff, especially like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, twice a month, okay. and technically four times a month if you include their other titles. Okay, sure. Because Batman's in two different titles, Superman's in Ugh. two different titles. Not just two. Uh, For a time, Batman was in like six. Oh movies. yeah, when New Fifty Two came okay. out, there oh. were like seven uh, Batman titles. Yes, there yeah. were, uh, and they divide everything into families. But okay. um, <laughs> so like approximately once a month. And mm-hmm. about how many pages is like a comic? Fifteen to twenty. I'd say a normal issue is like 20, 20 to twenty-five. Okay, yeah, twenty to twenty-two. Okay, so it's not, so it's not too bad actually. No, I mean they go fast. So like uh, over a year, that's like what 200, 300 pages. Uh, maybe. I mean, and this yeah. is. I mean, it's it's just it's a lot. I mean, like God, and how many lines do they have? Okay, lines yeah. that started and stopped as well. Yeah. But you know that is. 16, no, sorry, 13 years or so worth of comics that I read in there. But about how many lines is that per year? Like, would it be like, is it like 10 or is it like 5? It's like 20? Is it 100? Like, I don't, I don't just know. Just if you're reading Definitely more than 100. Ev- are you 100 reading lines. literally every Marvel book? Nearly. Okay. Nearly. There was some stuff where I'm like, I could feel it wear on me to try to get through, and I'm like, wait, if I like, you're I, you're trudging I, through a lot of shit if you're well, going there through. There was, every, <laughs> I mostly every there because there's some stuff that I'm just like because I, I started to try to appreciate my time more because I realize it's a precious commodity. Yeah. yeah, and I mean I can't do any good like writing work or much create too much creative work because I get it, a flow gets interrupted any time a customer comes up, which yeah, is yeah. you know every few minutes. Um, so. But um, the point I was making before I said that was, oh yeah, I started valuing my time more, uh, trying to at least, and I sort of, if I felt myself slogging, I started saying, well, why would I read something I don't want to read? Like, I want to know about the character, but wikis exist, you know? And wikis, they don't get you the emotional weight, but... 
So there, there are definitely stuff that's probably not worth reading if you're not enjoying it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like there definitely. was like the 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 comic that inter- I forget what it's called, but it introduced uh, America Chavez. Oh, Miss America. yeah, I read, like, the first issue of that, and I like, because it's Nick Dragota on art, I think? I, uh, I'm bad with uh, most okay. artists, I will say. The comic we're talking about is called Vengeance, if yes, I recall correctly. I, I believe it's by correct. yeah. Joe Casey? I could be wrong. I read one issue, the whole idea is that it's, like, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, no, I couldn't get into it, because some of it, like, continuity in comics is hard. Yeah. First of all. Uh, second of all, it's just, you know, it just wasn't for me. It's not bad. It just was like, eh, you know, I have other things I'd rather be reading. Like, oh, look, uh, I think it was like Ghost Rider or something is next and written by Jason Aaron. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Anything with the name Jason Aaron attached, I'm, I'm here for. He's good stuff. I'm not a big Ghost Rider guy. I haven't read that. Is that... It, it's pretty great. Yeah? Uh, depending on what you read. Like, some of it was like, oh, this is fine. Um, I haven't read any of the older stuff, like I said. I, older comics are hard to get into for me just because the, the, I appreciate them. Yeah. But, like, the, the style just doesn't mm. quite flow with me, especially with, like, a heavy narration that is from outside the character. I, I like narration that is with the character or is used sort of. Yeah. Ancillary. But Since they've started, like, deconstructing comics and just, like. Yeah. Cutting out the thought bubbles. Chris Claremont's X-Men is classic, yet it's such a slog to get through sometimes. Yeah. Just because it's illegible to a modern reader, because it's just so much. Uh, yeah. This is the classic X-Men run that ran for about 17 years, yeah. uh, that defined all the stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Any the... famous X-Men story you can think of probably came from Chris Claremont. Book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, up to a certain point, at least. But Chris Claremont is extremely wordy. Uh, and he very much over-explains things. He yeah. doesn't always let the art tell the story. Well, uh, and that's the thing. That was the thing, though, back in the day, and part of why Marvel Comics especially, and all comics are doing this, but Marvel had what they called the Marvel Method, which was for artists to create the... Uh, like, the, the writers would tell the artists generally what yeah. like the story was going to be. The artists would draw it, and then the writers would put in the words in the narration... based on what the art was. Which is just this weird, strange disconnect that they've, for the most part, stopped doing. But, like, they would then also require narration to explain a lot of what was happening. So it'd be like, ah, and with a flick of his wrist, the brave X-Men vanished into thin air! And I'm like, okay, that's that's campy, that's, that's wonderful, but that's I just... so heavy-handed. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a lot. It, yeah. it can be hard to read sometimes. Yeah. There are some that I'm super into, yeah. but the the fact, the, the, the weirdness of the Marvel method, which I think is often effective, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you get things like... Um, Steve Ditko and Stanley were doing uh, the Amazing Spider, the original run of the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and Stanley kind of grates on all his artists, so they eventually hate him. Yeah, uh, Steve Ditko, probably quicker than most of them, started to hate him. Uh, and while they were writing that, they just stopped talking, full stop. And right <laughs> before, like one of the best stories in uh, the Master Planner saga, which mm-hmm. is this great Doc Ock story uh, near the end of the Steve Spoilers. Ditko area. Oh, yeah, that is a... Well, yeah. It, it's a uh, spoiler for... year old spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> for like, yeah. We're not going to worry about it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, you're not supposed to know originally that the Master Planner is uh, actually Aunt May. Uh, oh, my God. Oops. Oh, my God. Uh, oops. What? Uh, uh, my mind is blown. 
There's like a quick throwaway issue right before that where there's a supervillain called the Cat, uh, who's not a it, because most of the villains at that at part of the run where they're just not in communication are just not memorable because they're shitty villains because they're this, not working together. Yeah, this is around the time of like like Kite Man and Crazy Quilt oh, yeah. for, for Batman. <laughs> so these are like, oh wow, those are like legit oh, villains, wow. Yeah, those, those are legit Batman villains. Yeah, Catman's, uh, not Catman, uh, Catman's another guy. Yeah, uh, that's a different Kite guy. Man is getting a slight resurgence. Right? Yeah, but it has to be from time. Okay, so I'll, bring, I'm gonna, I'll, bring, I'll bring something up a little bit, which is interesting. So you mentioned so the Marvel yeah. method of being like the disconnect between the artist yeah. and the writer. I just recently watched some, I think it was like some Vanity, Vanity Fair YouTube um, uh, videos. Yeah, YouTube videos. So I don't, I don't know why I didn't have the word for that. YouTube videos about... Because sometimes words just sometimes go away. away. Sometimes words... And they were and uh, people are describing how the Marvel movie method essentially, mm-hmm. which was like the opposite of that, which is like create, iterate, create, iterate, create, iterate everything done all all at once type of thing. It's like everybody collaborating all at once, especially with that first Iron Man, yeah. mm-hmm. where they're just like, we don't have a full script, so yeah, <laughs> thumbs up. Oh yeah, there's no camera. I'm doing a thumbs up. <laughs> yes. Uh, wasn't there yeah. a whole thing, like, right before the first day of shooting, Robert Downey Jr., Jeff Bridges, and uh, John Favreau just, like, got in a room and just essentially wrote the movie in one night? Oh, wow. That's uh, a, I heard something yeah. along the lines of Well, that, I heard that, that, that the script, when they were filming, definitely wasn't done. Yeah. So, uh, or at the very least, like, they had the story. At least this is my understanding. You know, listeners, grain of salt. Uh, but this is my understanding is that at least, at the very least, was not done. Um, and so, especially like a lot of the dialogue, they knew where things, where the scene was going to go, but they didn't have the specific dialogue. So it was improvising as their character, so to speak, just with sort of a guideline for where the scenes would go. So yeah, I watched a couple of things on there, which is like, I think, uh, the, the writers for Infinity War and Endgame explaining how they wrote that and then the writing process for that. Yeah. I've seen that video already. I didn't watch it, but I saw it. Yeah. They were talking about like very... It just you write you rewrite. It's like you're rewriting the entire time yeah. from beginning to end of the, until until the movie's out the door. Yeah. So they were involved, and then I think another one was the producers for I think Captain Marvel, which where they were they were describing that they were doing post like during pre production or something like that, and then every day you shoot you do post. Mm-hmm. So it's just an incredibly like iterative and. Um, very collaborative process, which is like the exact opposite of the of what you just described for the uh, for comics. Yeah. Which well, is, I mean, yeah. there's still a level of collaboration sometimes in the Marvel method. Uh, right. it, it's, I mean, but it's, it depends on the artist and the writer. Sure. I think. I yeah. mean, and Stanley, uh, Steve Ditko, first of all, didn't want to talk to anyone ever. Uh, he was a bit of a loner. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, like as far as I can tell, based on reading the comics, they don't really do that method much anymore. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very writer forward now. I yeah. Think. Because well, because it's it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing nowadays. Well, because I maybe they didn't want to just like ruin the artist's expressiveness, but honestly, I've read some scripted, you know, pre-scripted comics that just had freaking beautiful art. Have you ever read a? Um, uh, the Electra run from 2014 no. is gorgeous. No, yeah? It is freaking amazing. Just Who's pretty. doing the art on that? I'd have to look it up. Okay. Uh, I can look it up real quick. 
But, you know, ask questions amongst yourself like do because yeah. I'm a bad multitasker. I did fairly time. recently read the, um, I haven't finished it yet, actually, but uh, the Mark Wade, Chris Samney, Black Widow run from a couple years. It's post-Secret Wars. Oh, post-Secret uh, Wars. Okay. I yeah. Uh, I, though there is a good, the Edmondson one right before that yeah. is really good, too. Because And he was also doing Punisher at the same time. Oh, yeah. That crossover issue where you see, like, it's like the same event, but from the Punisher one was from his point of view and the... Black Widow uh, one, that was, was from the Black Widow. There was a whole... Yeah. I think that's a cool way to do crossovers, because sometimes crossovers, yeah. when you're just reading comics casually, can oh. be really great. They Comics have a bad habit of doing crossovers where they alternate issues. Yeah. Where you're... But that doesn't... Well, the idea, of course, is to sell more issues or whatever. Yeah, and I get it. I get yeah. it from a business standpoint, but just it's just kind of... Lame? Yeah, no. Especially with DC, when they do it, because DC does not include a previously on or anything in their comics. Yeah. Just well, because ever. of the whole bi-monthly thing recently, they are especially just trying to save on page count. It's true. Yeah. But uh, they, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with DC right now that um, I was doing with Marvel, uh-huh. where I'm going all the way back to 2002, wow. just before Hush. And reading everything just to New 52, because New 52 is where most of my DC knowledge comes from, other than doing my own research and having read comics here and there before New 52 happened. But any consistent reading has been New 52 onward. Um, Do you have a... I have a couple different questions. Mm-hmm. They're, they're somewhat sporadic. Do you have... I also have a question. Yes. Yeah. Do you... So... Do you do you personally prefer... Like, do you binge or not binge? To binge or not binge is the is the question, basically. It for me it depends on the on the line because there are some things that when they come out monthly or even biweekly, mm-hmm. mostly for monthly though, I don't remember what happened in the previous issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and this is mostly for certain DC things because of the because of the lack of of, yeah. of a, a previously on, of a yeah. recap page because recaps are very useful because I'll just be like, oh hey. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. It'll come back to me. Or explain something that didn't quite connect earlier, and I'll go, Oh, that happened? Yeah, okay, I guess I see that. But, like, uh, like right now, with they're releasing Doomsday Clock. Uh, oh, that one's monthly. coming out so slowly, too. Yeah, so slowly. that And it's and there's so much to it yeah. that I just do not remember what happened last issue. So I'm waiting on that one. I read, like, the first six. I barely remember what happened in them. So I'm just waiting for the rest to come out, and then I'm going to marathon them all at once. And uh, I had the same problem with the, the event Dark Side War with DC a couple of years ago, uh, just before Rebirth. Um, so in that regard, I prefer to binge. But otherwise, it's just sort of what I feel like doing. I'm trying to read more actual like novel books, so I try not to binge as much. I just sort of catch up on the issues I have and then move on. Yeah, yeah. But... Let's see here. Electra from 2014. Uh, Del Mundo. Mike Del Mundo. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Uh, Mike Del Mundo, he's a great... uh, I'm trying to think of, like... I don't know. He's done the most recent issues of Thor. Okay. I'm not... I'm, like, waiting... I'm gonna... I think I'm just gonna buy all those uh, Jason Aaron complete collections or whatever they're called. I got up to, I think, the... So Jason Aaron, he's currently doing the Thor run. Uh, He he just finished, actually. Oh, well, doesn't well? I guess he has the King Thor stuff. Oh that's yeah, he has one more Thor, but it's not like primary current. Yeah, currently in this time Thor, it's his it's, Thor that he made. That's 
Thor at the end of the uh, the end of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for the cool. sake of our audience, Jason Aaron just did the, just finished this grand Thor epic. Yeah. Uh, it's where if you know about Jane Foster Thor, the female Thor mm-hmm. uh, that Natalie Portman's going to play in the new Thor movie, that's where that came from. Yeah. But even before she showed up, that was a fucking awesome run already. Oh my god, the um, God Butcher arc. The God Butcher arc was just chef's kiss. It was um, perfect. Thor becoming unworthy in the first place. Uh, that moment with oh god. I do you know about this? No. Oh, no, okay. I'm not a creator. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, man. Oh, boy. You're going to open the floodgates. <laughs> okay. So, the oh, reason man. that we had female yeah. Jane Foster Thor, uh, one of the reasons is because Thor became unworthy of his hammer. Okay, yeah. And the moment this happened is there was an event called Original Sin, where, like, someone killed Uatu the Watcher, who's this dude that watches everything. Like, it's there in the name. He just records yeah. everything. It's what he does. But someone killed him, has the whole Marvel Universe of Secrets... Spoiler alert! Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear spoilers from, like, six years ago. <laughs> um, okay. But it turns out it's Nick Fury, the original one. I Don't get me started on that situation, but uh, it turns out it's Nick Fury, and so all the heroes, because he's he's been, like, man on the wall, like, in secret, defending the Earth from things that are, like... Beyond anyone. Yeah. Like, b- before they do it. So all the heroes are like, oh, we're going to go get him because he murdered someone. Let's go. And he uses all these secrets to sort of take them out one by one. Oh, I know the codes to your armor. Blah, there you go. Because, you know, he's an old man. How is he going to take on people like Thor? Yeah. But they send Thor at him because they're like, he's a freaking god. He's going to take him. And he's like, don't. You know, and uh, Nick Fury's like, you know, one chance. Don't do it. And Thor's like, come on. I'm a magic hammer. And Nick Fury's like, okay, fine. And he just leans in and just whispers something to Thor. Thor's eyes widen, and then the hammer just goes, ka-tonk! And it's just this most holy shit moment. Those are my favorite moments in comics, the thing where you just, like, turn the page and go, wait, fuck, what? And I, I love it especially when you get, like, a big splash page that just goes, mm. oh, shit, big moment just happened. Yeah. And it really kind of lets it seep in because it's just one big image that you're looking at. I don't know. It's been a while since I've read Original Sin, so that's probably not the case for this. But. Uh, I think it, the the whisper hat... I, I, no, I don't think it was all one, because they usually save the big splash pages for the last of the yeah. issue. Just to be like, oh, look what's coming next! It's where you get the big cliffhanger a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um... No, uh, and we had to wait for months to find out what it was he whispered to Thor and him suddenly make him unworthy. But it was this intense, crazy moment. Um, well, so what was it? <laughs> it was... It's more spoilers. Yeah. It but. was... Uh, Gore was right. Yeah. Uh, Gore is the name of the God Butcher. Okay. And the whole thing with the God Butcher is no gods are worthy because prayers don't necessarily always go answered. Yeah. Um, if they're so powerful, why do they let people suffer and die? The whole, and so, you know, no one is godly. Godliness is an unearned thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that made Thor realize, oh man, I'm a god. I'm unworthy of being a god. Wow. Yeah. He shows up later in The Unworthy Thor, which is when he's unworthy. Yeah, that was a surprisingly <laughs> short run, though. I think the idea was that it was just going to be a miniseries, just because... Yeah. You know, uh, like, and this is a lot of the thing with the the legacy characters is you still love the original characters because Marvel especially has been doing this uh, where uh, they're kind of replacing some of their, um, or not replacing, but they're at least putting other people in the mantle mantle of their mm-hmm. of the original superheroes. But yeah. you know, the fans are 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 sometimes disappointed because they still love the like. 
Yeah. Even if like like I, I think Jane Foster is interesting. She's not necessarily my 100 percent my favorite of the the um, yeah. legacy heroes. Like I'm a big Kate Bishop fan, or and I, mm. I like Sam Wilson's run as Captain America. But you kind of miss out on the interest. Like I think I I just love Thor Odinson as as a character. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, also like. I get it from a lot of standpoints, because for yeah. one thing, like, if you keep these characters going and going and going, they, they get stale. You know, if you give them a little break, because the thing about comics that people always forget is the status quo always comes back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it has back. to. Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes a little different, but it comes back. Like yeah. when, oh, man, like, oh, that whole thing with Steve Rogers is Hydra, and people were, like, sending in hate mail. There were, like, there was an article, like, with... Like some soldier who's like he was my idol, and now I'm considering like killing myself or something. And it was just really unnecessarily dark. And I'm like, guys, he's it's gonna come back around. Yeah, have you read comics? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I thought it's an interesting concept. What if Captain America was secretly Hydra all along? Okay, let's play this story out. Okay, we played it out. Now we're back. This is how comics go. It's yeah, Uh, yeah, but. I, I just finished that run, actually. The, the Nick Spencer, Captain America, through Secret Empire. People really did not like Secret Empire for some reason. I I liked it. It was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah. It, I, I'm a little... I was a little um, event burnt out by then. I I mean, I'm just an event burnout in general, normally. I don't really... Like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm generally more of a trade waiter. In events are really annoying. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, I feel what, like what as a trade waiter. So trade waiter—that's when you get the collected editions okay. of the comics. Yeah. Um, so instead of getting like it issue by issue, yeah, you'll wait till it comes out in volume one, which is issue like one through thirteen. Oh, okay. And and just also, what's an event in this in this context? Uh, Marvel and DC, Marvel especially, uh, DC not as much. Uh, will have these. Huge crossover things happen. Okay. Where you will have a separate line for specifically that. So for take, for example, War of Realms, which is the most recent event, the which is what capped off, you know, it's topical because it just capped off Jason Aaron's run on Thor. It's something he's been building to for a long time. Okay. Yeah. There was a six-issue run of the comic which detailed that event as it happened with a whole host of characters inside. Okay. And then what also happens is that the running comics for a time will have sort of a subtitle inserted into them. Uh, so it's like, you know, the Captain Marvel line at the time was running, and so it's Captain Marvel, and then at the bottom, War of Realms, okay. and it details, and then so for the next two or three issues, or however long the event is going on, it'll de- it'll follow that character's adventures through that event. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And depending on the run of that character, a lot of times the uh, the writer will still connect it a little bit to like these events going on in that character's life outside of the event mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also occasionally get like small mini series that are side events to the main yeah. event. For mm-hmm. instance, War of the Realm. I know it had this one called uh, Giant Men, I was which say. was just all the people who can turn really big, uh, like Giant Man, Ant Man, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Atlas. Uh, Goliath, I think, uh, and they just all teamed up. Like, and you get little books like that that kind of just color out the the big event, mm-hmm. what's going on in the big event. Or you know, if you know Marvel Civil War, yep, that's that's, event. that's one of okay. Marvel's bigger ones. And the thing about events is, 
uh, at least how Marvel did it for a really long time, is that there were a lot of them. Yeah. Like, they happened, like, every couple months, it felt like. And they changed the status quo of the comics. Like, like not to the point of, like, oh, man, now this person isn't isn't Captain America anymore or, or anything like that. But it's sort of, like, they brought about, like, uh, uh, I like a new line of comic books would start instead. Yeah. Like, like oh, Captain Marvel, it'd be go from volume five to volume six, and now it started number one, volume six, number one. <laughs> um, and you know the character would be in new situations. It just basically changed where they were, which you know big events in life they do that. I get it; it mm-hmm. makes sense. But it just happens so often that it's like, oh my god, we're barely getting any time with this new status quo, this new uh, situation. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, another one. That's why I like events like Monsters Unleashed, which happened uh, a, couple, a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, where it had nothing to do with anyone's line, really. Yeah. They just, like, all the lines had, like, issue whatever issue they were on, they just added a point, point .mu to it. So it's like, if they had been previously on issue 7... They would then do seven point MU, and it's just an, a side story with these characters. Yeah, and, and if you don't want to read it, you don't have to. And yeah. if you want to read it, you don't have to read the other stuff to get exactly. Because a lot of times you need the preamble for the event. Sometimes, okay, like right. you just read Secret Wars, mm-hmm. which oh my is god, so much preamble. Yeah, uh, just, it, to get that, you'd have to read all of the the at least Avengers and New Avengers written yeah. by Hickman, which is. About thirty six issues each. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that's it's he's been building up for it a while, and then they made it as this main event. But if you aren't reading his books, it makes no it doesn't make no sense, but it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, you it, don't get the impact. Yeah, and I, like, I think it does help a lot to have also read his Fantastic Four run a little bit <laughs> and a little of his uh, Ultimates run. Uh, which is a lot of comics. <laughs> I forgot that he did the Ultimates run, even uh, though it's a good run. Yeah, I, I'm not into the Ultimates normally. The Ultimates, they created another Marvel Universe called the Ultimate Universe. Right. Uh, and this Instead is of the just, Avengers, they're the Ultimates. Yeah, uh, and I don't always love it, in part because I hate Mark Miller, who wrote uh, that. Well, I don't hate him, but I do hate him. It's a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> did he? Did he beat you up? He beat me up. Uh, you knew it. He, <laughs> Mark Millar, we're calling you out. We uh, call uh, you out. <laughs> and then at one point, Jonathan Hickman uh, wrote it, and I, I really liked his. Uh, and he also has yeah. Mister Fantastic as a bad guy in that mm-hmm. universe, which is. Fun. I'm not gonna lie, coming in here, I did not expect you to know so much about comics. I, I read far too much about comics. Oh, so. dude, when he goes on tangents, I'm like, wait. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad that we're, I feel like we're leaving you out, Eco. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's a cool, it's, okay. it's the comic, it's the comic episode. It's uh, the first of many, I'm sure. Because <laughs> this is gonna be the most popular one yet. Because everyone loves. We're gonna have to start a whole new side podcast side because podcast. of this. Yeah. XY Comics? <laughs> XY Comics, yeah. XY. Or just XZ. Comics. Just leave me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's sad. Oh, man. That's sad, that but the plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see. I'll, I'll try and ask some questions that are maybe more... Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite superhero or anything? Yes. And it's going to sound very basic. No, go for but, it. But um, my favorite is Spider-Man. Hell okay. yeah. For the longest time, it was Batman. But then I realized... I never want to be Batman. I find him interesting. I find him cool. But I don't, like, relate to him on any conceivable level because he is justifiably... Well, I don't know about justifiably, but 
certifiably crazy. He's a crazy man. Yeah. Did you um? Did you listen to the last episode? Like when we talked about? I did not get a chance, and I realized on the way over here. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a dick move to be invited onto uh, some of the podcast. No, 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 I, no. I, I just asked because people. <laughs> I just asked because we mentioned something like we were talking about Justice League the movie, mm-hmm. which a lot of people oh. don't like, and I'm like, I had no expectations, so I found yeah. it to be like an enjoyable movie, if not great. But the, it the, was the fine. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was. That's fine. where I ended up. Yeah. Compared with many, it was. Fine. I mean, like, I feel like I could spend the energy to dislike it and to really dissect what I don't like about it. Yeah, but, but I why? Enjoyed yeah. watching I mean, it the time I watched it. Here's so, the thing: it's better if I if I can just interject. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm at is that it's I find it better than a lot of what they put out. It was, yeah. It's like an improvement. However, like you know, you can enjoy yourself. However, um, if you when you take arguably the most well known and greatest superheroes. That uh, uh, that pop culture has ever known and yeah. put them in the same Mythic movie, figures. and it's still only okay. That is going to be a bit of a failure. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that is, but it's a step in the right direction. I like that it exists. I hope that they continue to improve in the future because I think they are. I don't have high hopes for it. I keep my bar low, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the reason I brought up the tangent was like, so we, I was like the, the one line that really stuck with me from that movie Mm -hmm. was when, uh, was when Ben Affleck's Batman says about Superman, you know, it's like, he's more human than I am. He, he grew up here. He fell in love. He he got a job. He's more human than I am. And I'm like, damn, bro. Yet that doesn't seem to be the message Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman no. really seem of to course. nail in. That was, that was the tough part about, about sure. Justice League is the hard 180 he Batman pulled on the Superman subject. Because in Batman versus oh, Superman, yeah, he, he's, him, right? he literally says, if there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as a certainty. And then in, <laughs> he's, that's an actual line of dialogue, which, by the way... That is not how probability works. First of all, (laughs) Batman, you're supposed to be a genius. Uh, And then, but then in Justice League, he's like, "We gotta bring him back. Gotta bring him." "Mm." Oh man. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, that line, like, (laughs) what you said about, uh, I mean, because like, it—that's Batman realizing he's unrelatable. (laughs) Yeah. As well as not not only yeah not only saying that Superman is more relatable, but saying that he himself is unrelatable. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's the thing. Is like that's why I like Spider Man better because he, like, at the end of the day, he is a guy. He's just a some like little nerd trying to make the best of his life, while at the same time going, like, having a message that we all should follow. Oh, I can help someone. I should help them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that is the driving force with that quote that everyone misquotes. Yeah, yeah, which is. Uh, we can use it. Okay, what? Tell Wait. me what you think it is. I want to make sure. I want to see if you get. I know I'm going to get it wrong now because oh. I didn't realize okay. I misquoted. It's one of those things that like the meaning of it is not misquoted, but like the word, the word for word of it is yeah. not misquoted. It's the, what do you guys it's think? The Luke, it? I am your father. With yeah, great. Exactly. Oh yeah, that that's that definitely. I actually know yeah. that one. Yeah. The meaning is, is there. The meaning yeah. is like the moment is fine. Like it's not like a, it's not it's like, like we're not going to bash you in the face for getting it wrong. But it's like, oh, how that's actually no. I yeah, no, Luke. Oh, I am. Mean, yeah, it's. Yeah, no. But but so and, it's, you know the meaning is there. It's just like, huh? I wonder how the how society has weirdly changed that. But yeah. okay. So what do you guys think it is? With uh-huh. great power comes great responsibility. And that is the commonly said one. And again, meaning is still there. 
not actually word for word. See, this is where my nerd is coming out. Well, I my remember nerd. they don't have that exact line in Amazing Fantasy 15, if I recall correctly. I'm trying to remember what. Do they I even have know. that line back then? I do not know. I couldn't okay. tell you. I have not read the original issues because, as I said, it's a slog. Oh, I know. I, they're the and most readable 60s issues. I'm not kidding. I'll, I'll check uh, them out. The Ditko Liera, at the very least. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely I, check them out. They're interesting. Yeah. I they're mean, definitely not great issues. And, I mean, it is the plan to catch up on all the important stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm trying I'm trying to work my way through uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths right now because that's a big event. Chef's guess. I love you. I'm a big Crisis boy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um... We can talk about that later, for those who don't know. But uh, that's another slog uh, of explanation. But, um, no, the line apparently is actually, uh, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And which I actually like better, because it's sort of, it pinpoints it a little better, because, you know, you say, with great power comes great responsibility. It sort of, is sort of, to me... Kind of saying, oh yeah, it, you'll you'll you got the great power. You'll have the great responsibility. You know, if you say um, with great power, there must also come great responsibility, or must also come great responsibility. Um, then that's like, oh, you have to put in the work. You yeah, have to yeah. put in the effort. You have to do something. Yeah. So that's the nice thing about Spider Man is that again, at the end of the day, he's just a guy just a really trying hard to live his best life. Yeah. Uh, the and first issues, especially, and at least his first appearance, I mean, it came in, like, an anthology book yeah. uh, called Amazing Fantasy, yeah, yeah, which is how uh, Marvel Comics was at the time, for the most part. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the first few issues, it doesn't even feel like a superhero book. He's just a kid, and he has these powers, and he has a costume. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't, it, like, takes a little bit for him to really start to feel like a superhero. Because yeah. he's not, because he's also wrestling with, like, I... You know, I'm just gonna go help out my Aunt May with this thing. Like, I can't deal with this bank robbery right now. Um, and yeah. you, you see him kind of evolve over time. And I think that's one of the interesting things about Marvel Comics when they came out at the time is DC Comics, uh, they're great, but a big thing about them is they're kind of bland. There's not as much of a, uh, a pathos to them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've just started uh, speaking of non comic books. Uh, regular books. I am currently reading the Michael Chabon book, uh, the Adventure, the Amazing Adventures, of Cavalier and Clay, which is a book about two guys in the forties uh, creating superheroes alongside like Superman and Batman. I have this book. Ran- I randomly have this just side to oh. side tangent. I have. I don't know if it's here, but I have his book, um, the short story book that he has, uh, a model world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's really random because yeah, we've never talked about this author before. Yeah. No, it's really... I don't know. I've been hearing this. I actually heard about this book on a Spider-Man podcast. Okay, yeah. Uh, like, A Model World is very different from... It. It's, it's like... It's it's a short story book about real life, basically. Hmm. It's hmm. about real life story, types of stories. It's oh, not, okay. So, like, true stories? Yeah. Not necessarily or, true, but, like, real to life, right? It's oh, like, more it's like, like slice of life. Yeah, it's like yeah. slice of life stuff, right? Like, romance, you know, uh, you know... Uh, um, <laughs> The, the stepfather, you know, families okay. breaking up, divorce. Ego, your first uh, instinct for slice of life is romance, so... Ooh. Ooh, love life happening. It is a slice <laughs> of life. It is a slice of life. I know. Uh, I know. So this book, yeah. um, Cavalier and Clay, uh, it is a realistic fiction book. It takes place in the real world. Yeah. Uh, but they're writing comic book characters, and they very much, I think they're a little bit modeled after Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the two guys who kind of created uh, Marvel Comics, except it would have been 20 years later. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the Stan Lee guy, at least he feels Stan Lee-ish to me in the beginning of the book, is he kind of looks at the the artist guy and he just kind of says something along the lines of like, there are all these superheroes coming out, 
Um, we can give them any powers. We can do whatever. But that's not what making them sell. What is the why? Why are they doing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Superman or Superman and Batman, you don't see that as much, at least in their early incarnations. And Spider-Man in like the Marvel Universe when it's first coming out, that's what it is the real people who become superheroes. And they, they have a why, they have a pull to like that. Yeah, I've heard that described a few ways. Like the most recent I had, and I will say to your point, yeah. that does happen, especially in early ones. But I think that DC I'm mostly has, talking. I'm yeah. I I'm nonpartisan. I like yeah. both. DC, uh, no, no, for sure. But DC had like because that does happen for sure. Yeah, because sometimes the DC characters can be hard to write because they are sort of larger than life in a way. Yeah, they're very much. Um, they they represent what you want to be a lot of the time. Like yeah. Batman's this rich guy, impossibly rich guy. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man is a poor kid mm-hmm. living problems that are understandable to the readers. Right. In a- and it, it, and I will say that DC has gotten better about that. They, yeah. uh, they're like, we hear you. We'll, we'll work on it. Uh, for the most part, but, you know, depending on the writer, of course. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. People are like, oh, this character was lame. It's like, well, who's writing it at the time you read it? Cause there any character can be lame with a shitty writer. Exactly. Yeah. And any character can be cool with a good writer. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes writers do not do well with one character and do great with another. Yeah. yeah. Lots of great writers have shitty runs on characters that just don't fit them. Yep. Uh, or sometimes writers really, it really, really depends on what they're writing or else everything they do is terrible. <laughs> except for these certain things. Brian Michael Bendis. Um, I knew that's exactly who you were talking about. I, uh, his Daredevil run is perfection. It's uh, wonderful. Uh, uh, alias. 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 Uh, ultimate Spider-Man. I know you don't really like the Ultimate, but... Uh, no, I I don't really like the Ultimates. Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. was my intro to Spider-Man. Great. It's great. That's, yeah. Um, but anyway... I love um, Ultimate Spider-Man. But the way, going back to the DC <laughs> thing, uh, the way that I heard what you said described was like uh, what someone was trying to explain to me why mm. Marvel was better than DC. Yeah. Which I hate that. Uh, and they it's go. It's a dumb argument. It's a dumb argument. <laughs> it's pointless. But they were, uh, uh, they basically said, okay, now listen. They sounded like this too. Yeah. Uh, listen, here's the thing. See, I know exactly what you're going to say. See, uh, <laughs> DC, all the characters there, they're like gods trying to be people. But Marvel, they're just people trying to be gods. I've seen this line so <laughs> many places. <laughs> okay. To which I respond, why is one less interesting than the other? No, yeah. It's not. Look at this larger-than-life character trying to be like, oh, oh, okay, I understand. When I touch you, I accidentally crush you because I have this strength. Oh, man. Oh, empathy? Let me try to learn that. That's interesting. Yeah. Someone trying to actually understand us as... Uh, and the interesting like, thing about Superman as a character is that he so desperately wants to be the most human, and yet he's he could hurt you with mm-hmm. by accident. And that's mm-hmm. why I did not like Man of, the Man of Steel or um, uh, uh, Batman vs. Superman yeah. iteration. Yeah. yeah. I didn't feel like he cared as much. No, that wasn't Superman on stream. Yeah, no, it was not my Superman. He... And I, which is hashtag not my Superman. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just, yeah, it's just so. not the Superman I love because it... Well, I think Henry Cavill is great. I will yeah. say that. I don't blame, like, the actor for this at all. I don't even blame the director, really. Like, you know, whatever. It... I blame Zack Snyder a little bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really I mean, like I mean, movies, they, but I'm not saying you're I going, mean, you ruin your career. Yeah, 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 no, I get it. I mean, they I, brought, I mean, they brought him in because they were, like, dark and gritty. Yeah. Like, like Dark Knight. 
Christopher Nolan did great. You can do something like that. Yeah. It's like, no, do you not understand comics? Yeah. Do you not understand Superman? It's like learning the wrong lesson as always, you know. But yeah, I feel like his tone doesn't always fit Superman. I do think he saw flashes of we saw flashes of the Superman I wanted to see in Justice League. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that where he shows up and is like, oh, I know a thing about truth or justice. I'm like, oh, look at you. There he is. Yeah. There's the guy. The only problem was at that point with Superman showing up, it's like, oh, well, the conflict is over. He's just going to solve everything. Yeah. But um, the oh, thing is, geez. like, you know, watch his battle with Zod, which is very cool. Yeah. It's a very cool fight. Problem is, he is destroying everything. And, like, show me scenes of him, like, sheltering. And people are dying by the thousands. And Superman is too busy fighting. Like, Superman, he avoids fights in order to save people. He's like, oh, can't, can't punch you right now. I'm blocking debris from falling on this family. And he will try to talk you out of the fight until the very last moment. And, like, that, none of that happened. It was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stop him by any means necessary or else it'll kill more people. Which is logic I get, yeah. but it's not what the Superman I grew up loving would do. It's not what's interesting about the character. And that, too. And, like, you know, there's a scene in All-Star Superman where he talks a girl... I was about to reference a scene from yeah. All-Star Superman. You're referencing a different scene, but it's a oh, good scene. Yeah, well, <laughs> he... Like, basically, the girl's about to commit suicide. And I know, like, movie Superman would have caught her, set her down, and be like, don't do that, and fly away. Yeah. He, like, shows up on the ledge, and is like, hey, what's wrong? Sits down next to her. Has a conversation with her. He doesn't, like, solve her problems, but he's like, hey, maybe live another day. And he lets her make the choice to not jump off. If she had jumped, he would have caught her and been like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. But, like, he's just like, hey... What's the problem? He sits down, spends the time talking, and it's yeah. it's nice. Right, what what yeah. scene were you gonna reference? I mean, just first of all, All Star Superman is just Chef's kiss. I love it so much. You're uh, you're Chef kissing a lot. I'm uh, a big Chef's kisser. Oh yeah, you talked about this one. I, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I, it's I, my I, new I, thing. I'm sorry, you're a big t- Chef kisser. What? I'm, I kiss a lot of chefs. Oh. I uh, think you talked about that scene. I just really clicked. I mean, we talked about that scene on this yeah. podcast before. Uh, yeah. All Star Superman is straight up one of my favorite comics. Yeah. Uh, it's. I, it's the comic that made me fall in love with Superman. Because mm-hmm. uh, at first I, I used to... I, I think I had a Zack Snyderian view of him. As I was just like, oh, he's just that strong guy that flies. And I think <laughs> All-Star Superman like, really kind of um, reevaluates the character and makes you also look back and say, oh, that's why this character is interesting. Because uh, I, I used to think he was a little boring. Um, but I was specifically... You were talking about the scene uh, in Man of Steel where he's not paying attention and helping any of the people. Yeah, like he, like, th- like the only time he tries to save civilians uh, during that fight is when Zod directly threatens them. Yeah. And um, it's like, oh, okay, you know, he's doing the right thing there, but like, you know, what about these other thousands of people who are in the collapsing buildings? You have super speed and strength. Yeah, you can get that in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least try to, and then have Zod. That's a that's a balancing thing, because you've lived with these powers. Zod is trying to figure out these powers. But meanwhile, he's putting people in danger to set him off. And like that's how it balances out. Yeah. And anyway. But yeah. uh, what were you, you were saying something. No, no we, it's cool. We uh, tangent a lot. I love it. No, we're a, ten, a, we're a very tangenty podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a very tangenty podcast. Uh, it's very much so. There's a there's an issue of All Star Superman where he goes as Clark Kent to interview Lex Luthor. Okay, and he's just like he's in the prison with Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is talking about how he killed Superman or like Superman, yeah. Uh, and then a prison riot happens in the middle of the prison. Like supervillains are rioting, and and Superman is is 
keeping on this facade of being bumbly Clark Kent. Oh, you've talked uh, about this too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I love this scene, and yeah, it's yeah, also yeah, yeah. just one of Frank Whiteley's uh, best yeah. art jobs. Um, uh, and uh, Superman the entire time is continuing this conversation, and it looks like Lex Luthor's kind of leading him around, but he's actually saving Lex Luthor's life. The entire time he's having this conversation where Lex Luthor's like, yeah, Superman's a dumbass and I just killed him. Uh, and, and you just have Superman yeah. all the while just being like, I'm going to keep saving this uh, evil guy uh, in, uh, in very like sneaky ways, too. Uh, it's great. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. I, uh, I also like um, there's something. This isn't so much why Superman is good or anything. It's just sort of a character moment I really like. And it's actually in the current run of Superman, which is uh, helmed right now by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. And so it, too, is very much, it has its moments. I um, haven't read any of it yet. Is it, it, you liking it? I like his Superman, but the supporting characters, his Lois Lane and all that, uh, it's not flying for me. Yeah. And also... I'm glad at least Greg Rucka's taken care of her a little bit. I've read a couple of those issues. Oh, for solo series? Yeah. Yeah, I have not read those yet. Uh, but, I, you know, I like it. I feel like I'm missing something because I haven't read the Bendis issues. Right. Uh, but. Yeah. Well, and he does his Bendis thing where he's like, oh, hey, you know that that thing that's canon and has been a staple of the Superman lore forever? Well, there was someone behind it. And it's just like, oh, that... Okay, I see you're trying to put your mark on it, but... It always feels a little disappointing when he does that. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, that's less interesting to yeah. me than just, oh, the planet blew up. There are writers who can take things uh, from, from like, deep history. Like, I think Grant Morrison's really great at taking oh. deep history of a character and then bringing it back again. Yeah. I feel like Bendis could be better at it. Yeah, I I mean, and I, again, I, it's like, I get it. I get you want to do something different. Yeah. You want to make a mark. You want to do what you, you think is interesting. And, you know, and it would, in certain ways, I could see, oh, there was secretly someone behind the destruction of Krypton as interesting. But Krypton being just blowing up and, ha like, being because no one listened to Jor-El's warning, mm. no one listened. Like, that is such a, a thing. That has been such a solid staple and is such a good reflection of society where yeah. it's like, hey, scientist, evidence. I'm, I'm telling you, the planet's going to blow up and just like... And it's a great commentary on our current world. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and then having a supervillain be behind it the whole time. It's yeah, a little it's sort of disappointing. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, it's this guy. And, yeah. it's just, and it just sort of like... Dim Twists like that are good when they don't diminish other things. Yeah. So there's a lot of like history with, with his father, with his mother and all that. And just what they went through in the days prior to the destruction of Krypton that now seem a little bit like less because it was like, Oh, this guy just blew it up. Okay. Um, just a really random question about Superman. Like, yeah. Does, does every Kryptonian have the same powers? And what's yes. the story of that? Yeah. Um, it is because he absorbs yellow sunlight. Mm -hmm. the, the, so, the Kryptonian sun was red. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, so they don't weaker, have it. And it's one of his weaknesses. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. like they, Lex Luthor will put him in front of a, red sunlight and it will be yeah, it'll yeah. be a similar to kryptonite okay so they don't okay so on their home world they don't all have powers no okay. they are basically normal people their okay. their society was just much more technologically advanced okay. than ours. okay yeah okay. um if and you then, went and threw them on earth like superman yeah, yeah. Then they all would be like yeah yeah, 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 put yeah, them in, yeah and actually like right now general zod has set up on a planet with two yellow suns because he's just sort of remaking his whole dynasty thing 
But that's a whole other thing. But the moment <laughs> I was talking about that I really like about Superman right now is uh, currently in the run in the DC universe, uh, Jean Jeans, the Martian Manhunter, <laughs> is the chairman of the Justice League. And he's like, you know, I feel, Superman, I feel like you're working too hard, you know, you know, Lois and John went on their trip to outer space. But that was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, we're a little John concerned. John, he's referencing, is uh, Lois and Superman's son. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pardon me. Um, you know, we, we feel like... No, <laughs> Not really. a Not couple really. of years ago. Yeah. It's been a few years yeah. since they, they made him full canon. Um, but, you know, we're worried about you. But during the whole conversation of, we just want to make sure you're doing all right, um, Superman just keeps going, like, oh, shit, I'm... I'm re- not swearing, of course, because yeah. Superman. But he's like, "Oh shoot, um, hold that thought. I'm so sorry." Dash off, full page panel of him like saving people from a hurricane. Zooms back. It's like, "What were you saying? Go That's... ahead." What? Oh shoot, uh, one just another second. I'm really sorry. And then he zooms off, saves people from a space squid. Zooms back. All right, keep going. And then another the conversation is like, "Ah, ah, I really hate to do this to you." I really hate to do this to you, Jean. You're gonna have to give me one more moment, and he goes off to save people again. I'm like, that's so. I like that. That does sound really good. Yeah, like I said, I like his Superman. Uh, in typical Bendis fashion, all his other characters tend to sound the same as each other and yeah. be very unappealing. Yeah, mm. I like his detective comics, or not detective comics, uh, action comics run more than his primary Superman run because action comics are like, well, how does crime keep happening? in Metropolis at all with that someone like Superman. Cool. <laughs> and so part of the story is told from like characters who are in the criminal syndicate, in the, like the mob, and what what they do in order to avoid Superman. Like first of all, it's a rule, like they call it the silent mafia, because it's a rule you never say his name. You never mention anything to do with him. And then when they have meetings, they have them they make sure he's out of town, he's in space or something. Like, they have people, like, whose job it is to track his movements. They get inside a lead, like, not even a room, it's like a lead container inside a basement. It's like a shipping container that they keep inside the basement so that sound can be muffled, at the very least, from his super hearing. And he can't see through lead. Exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> that kind of reminds... I don't know. Uh, one of the few issues of comics I do pull regularly mm-hmm. is the current run of Daredevil and there was a recent issue where Kingpin just brought all the uh crime lords or whatever in New York into a bank vault uh to just so that no one would overhear but oh. it makes more sense with Superman. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but that that was a really recent issue. Right? It was a pretty recent yeah. Yeah, cuz he's mayor. Uh yeah. yeah. It was actually uh I think him stepping down from illegal activities. Yeah, where he's, he's like you do your thing I'll make sure you guys are comfortable. Just, you know. Leave me out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you try to do anything that makes me look bad or makes my city look bad, I'm going to come at you. Otherwise, keep your stuff under the radar. We don't have any problem. Very kingpin thing. Kingpin. Kingpinny. Kingpinny. <laughs> Comment below. Yeah, you heard it here fast, folks. But, King no, Penny. it's very it's good. I Hashtag. God, I I gotta tell you though, I love just can't see through lead. Like that yeah. just reminds me, I love old superhero weaknesses. Yeah, like the uh, Green Lantern in wood. 
Or, yeah, the original Green Lantern. Yeah, Green Lantern in yellow is what I meant to say, but yeah. wood is also applicable. <laughs> Did you know this? What? The, no, there was original tell. Green Lantern before the one everyone knows. The one everyone knows is Hal Jordan. Yeah. Okay, right. But yeah. there used to be a guy called Alan Scott. Mm, the original one. <laughs> and his power came from the Earth. Like, it was pre the lore we know. And then yeah. they later got incorporated into the thing yeah. as, like, the Golden Age heroes. Like, the 50s heroes. Um, but... His weakness was wood. His ring did not work on wood. <laughs> yep. Because back in the day, the, all the heroes needed a weakness. Yeah. Like something. Kryptonite uh, is just such a good... Like, when they came up with that, they must have just been chefs kissing everywhere. <laughs> uh, they <laughs> Kissing all the chefs. Uh, uh, just because uh, it's just... it's We can just have this dumb little substance, and it's just perfect. Yeah. Well, the only... The, the problem with Kryptonite, though, yeah. nowadays, is like... First of all, how do people getting all of it? still get it? It's like one of those, it's a plot device resource where it's like, oh man, it's super hard to get. Yeah. We have it. Like adamantium or vibranium. Yeah. I, I oh mostly man, mean that it's that? so good just because it's become so ubiquitous. We all mention it. It's a word for a word. It is pop yes. culture gold. It's yeah. Like three doors down. So. Um, yeah, yeah. A good one. Yeah. If I go crazy. I can't do the whole song because yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your, some uh, some of your other favorite crazy weaknesses? Oh well, I love yellow. Yellow, time, by the way. Oh yeah, but oh. yeah, we should talk about yellow. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, because if you read uh, yeah. All Star Superman, All Star, I'm sorry, not All Star Superman, All Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder. Oh, where he by Frank Miller. Yeah. The Justice League, which does not include Batman, is like, oh man, this Batman character, he's causing problems. He's insane because this Batman character, as written by Frank Miller, is. Freaking crazy. This is a yeah. famously ridiculous comic. It's it's so bad it's good. Uh, and it's non-canonical, thank God. Yeah. But <laughs> anything Frank Miller does after 1990 should be un non-canonical. There was a... Was it like... I, I, I remember... Probably like, some of the stuff before. Wasn't there... Okay, so there was like an animated series Batman show where it was like four different styles. And one of them was like this gritty version where he's like oh. a tank. And I feel like... I remember reading that that was based Are on Frank Miller. Are you talking about... Thing. Old, like old, old, like a, like the nineties cartoon Batman. Nineties, yeah, nineties okay. animated series. There was an episode where they had like four different Batmans or three or four uh -huh. that were of different art styles. Well, yeah. The tank would specifically be from probably Frank Miller's one yeah. of his most famous works, yeah. The Dark Knight Returns. Returns, which is good, yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah, the Dark Knight Strikes Again is. Okay. I didn't finish it. Uh, the art was awful, and just the story didn't yeah. grab me. But, um, um, anyways, All-Star Bat Batman and Robin. Yeah, it's uh, just madness. Like, uh, oh, it's so good. Like, he and Black Canary burn people alive and then have sex right next to, like, the burned corpses. It's like that was dark. Bad. What the hell? There's yeah. also the famously memed line where he oh. yells at Robin and he's like, "Are you dense? Are you retarded? I'm the goddamn Batman or something." Yeah, no, he, what? Actually, he like there was the "I'm dense. Are you are you retarded?" was separate. Okay, which is also awful. But later on, he, I have it fresh in my head because I read it like once a year because it's so bad. <laughs> Um, it's so bad, it's good. But he, like, later on, it's like, someone's like, Batmobile, and he's like, shut up! You shut up! I am the goddamn Batman, and I will name my Batmobile the goddamn Batmobile if I want to, alright? I'm sick of that. Shut up. And it was just like, <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's, uh, it's Frank Miller, who, like, if you want dark and intense to unnecessary ridiculous levels, that's him. He, he's but, one of the guys who famously made the comic book industry more dark, but then yeah. he kind of went off the deep end. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. insane. Uh, I, I've read this stuff. Watch I, the I, movie I, The Spirit. 
Oh, did he, he direct that? He directed Ooh, it. Wrong medium for him. Um, but the moment... But I, mean, I mean, I know he did 300 and, like, I think Sin City as well. Yeah. yeah. So, like... He didn't direct are, the movie. I know, I know. But he yeah. wrote the, the, the yeah. graphic novels that this were based yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, and some yeah, of his yeah. work is good. Yeah. But he is completely insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the scene I'm talking about in All-Star Batman and Robin was Justice League is like, oh, man, we should talk to him. And Green Lantern's like, I'll do it. And so Batman, knowing that Green Lantern is going to come have a chat with him, <laughs> agrees to meet him in a certain place. This place is an apartment, abandoned apartment he picks, that he has completely painted yellow, and as well as himself. He himself is completely painted yellow, and he talks to Green Lantern with the most intense smugness, to the point, like, he's just like, oh yeah, I know your weakness is yellow. Oh, you still want me to stop? I'm not going to... And the smugness is to the point that at one point he also goes, Hey, Green Lantern, do you want some lemonade? Because it's a yellow drink. Oh and he just drinks what? lemonade <laughs> while like giving Green Lantern this challenging look. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. I, that is I need to read so this. Bad. Oh, yeah. It's uh, so wonderful. It's so, <laughs> he makes Robin, like, Robin's training is... He just throws him into the deepest, darkest reaches of the cave and is like, survive. And Robin's like, what am I supposed to eat? And he's like, you have rats, don't you? And it's like, oh, oh okay, eat live rats, Robin. Oof. It's it's glorious. Wow. Are we really almost at time? Well, uh, we're at like 108. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah. and we do have a segment that we normally get to around oh, this point. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, let's you double have... check. Wow, we did not even touch, we barely even touched the list I've landed. Dude. You guys made it easy to just yeah, fill up time. It really is. Yeah. It's very easy to fill up time on this podcast. Oh, yeah. We're very, like we say, we we, we allow tangents to happen mostly because we love them. Sure. Yeah. We, we love a good tangent. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I am fairly certain there are some things we started and did not finish. If you know of any of these things, Comments. Comment below. <laughs> uh, couple quick lightning round comic book questions, oh, and then I'll ask. Please, yeah. lightning round. Please. Uh, uh, favorite. Do you have any favorite writer or a favorite artist? Uh, favorite writer. That is a tough one. A uh, favorite artist. I will say. Um, oh God, of course I can't remember his name now that I'm on in a lightning round. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you know a uh, thing he did? So, oh, uh, John Romita. John Romita Jr. I love John Romita Jr.'s work. It's just, it's very stylized while at the same time being the proper kind of conveying the information. There are times I don't like his art, and there are times I love it. Okay. Uh, Man Without Fear, The Eternals I really like his work in. Mm, sure. Uh, I saw like an early thing he did in an Iron Man comic once that was really cool. Yeah. he uh, had, He's just had a lot of good, really, just really solid runs. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Bendis Avengers run. Which, you know, had, uh, like with anything, Bendis had its ups and downs, but he did a lot of the art for that. And it was, uh, that's one of the ones that I actually don't like his art in. That's the one where, that's the comic where I specifically went, huh, I normally like this guy. Well, uh, it could be that you didn't like the story, too, and that sort of colored it. Could have been art. part of it. I, like, I do oh, like... You don't want him to draw this thing that <laughs> Bendis is making him draw. Uh, that might be it. <laughs> um, uh, he's, he's a classic dude, and his, uh, his father's uh, John Romita, who's... One of the most famous Spider-Man artists. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, As, hmm? I'm sorry. You just oh, I'm going to my next lightning round. Oh, I had I had an writer. answer about the writer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, right. go for it. Uh, I don't I don't think I have necessarily one singular favorite writer, but there are a set number of people where if they wrote it, I will read it. Okay. Matt Fraction. Okay. Uh, Jason Aaron. Oh yeah. Um. Those are the big two off the top of my head. I know there are more. So you love that Hawkeye run? Oh my god. I was talking to him right before. I do not love the Hawkeye run. 
It's so good. It's what made it honestly redefined Hawkeye. Yeah. It did, because now he is as we know him. As a Hawkeye fan, there's a small part of me that a, uh, is occasionally just like, I, I miss some things about pre-fraction Hawkeye, but that run is so good mm-hmm. that it's also hard to, and also how it did Kate Bishop so well. Yeah, oh, uh, it, it, it defined Kate Bishop. Yeah. It redefined Hawkeye, defined Kate Bishop. <laughs> um, if you, uh, audience, if you have not read it, like, and you want an intro to good comics, it really is a good one. Oh, it's, yeah. It's very much, it's what Hawkeye does when he's not avenging. Uh, and I think the uh, collaboration between him and David uh, Aya, who's doing the art, oh, is yeah. just like, you can feel that they're very definitively doing this. There thing. is an issue that is no dialogue except for a comic book art version of sign language, mm-hmm. which is so good. Uh, I believe it's, is that the one where he's deaf or is that the one, because there's another issue where it's all through the eyes of the dog. There's that issue, too. Uh, and that's also wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's very good. This sounds wild. And you'd think yeah. that it'd be just sort of an ancillary thing that doesn't move the plot, but it does. Uh, next uh, lightning but, round question. Probably my last one. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I've got two more. Okay, I will uh, also add to that list Al Ewing. Oh, writers, hell yeah. He's very good. And also, if you want something that's just fun, he's not necessarily like, oh, that's good, but like this is a lot of fun, uh, Peter David. Peter David is great. Ooh, his uh, X Factor run is Chef's Kiss. Oh, Chef's Kiss. I thought uh, you you looked for a second like you didn't like it. Oh no. That was one of there the There are moments where I'm like, I wish this was better, but mostly because I think it's a little uneven. Well, because he but, went on for a lot yeah. of issues. So you're gonna have those downward arcs. During its during its periods where it's good, it's perfect. Yeah. It's amazing. And it made Jamie Madrix. One of my favorite X-Men. Same. Uh, Same. Uh, go on with your next question. Uh, this is just a stereotyp- stereotypical comic book question. Oh, boy. Uh, that's a dumb one. Uh, favorite favorite person to be Robin? Favorite Ooh. person to be Robin? Oh, that's a good one. Um, that is tough. Robin. Because it's almost a tie. Yeah. I, think, I, I have a weird answer to it. So yeah, I think you. it's almost a tie. No, I think... Yeah. I think... Uh, if I had to pick what favorite gun to my head, I would pick Tim Drake. Okay, good, good Tim choice. Drake. That's the right choice. Yeah, he's, <laughs> well, and he's the only Robin to seek out the life. Yeah, and to sort of make like these conscious adult decisions of you know what I'm going to step back and stuff like that, and just he really just he understood the role he played. Yeah, very well. Uh, and also, he is the detective of all the Robins. Oh, yeah. That's the... Because all the Robins have sort of, like, a trait that they have in line with Batman that really connects them to Batman. That But their trait is, like, thing. Like, Batman is all these things, and then all the Robins is sort of... Imbo- each of them sort of embodies one of his traits. His is just being a detective, and I think that's rad. A close follow-up is Damian Rant- Wayne, because okay. he is such a wonderful little shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's just... A horrible little child, but I love to read about him. This is Batman's son, mm-hmm. okay. uh, oh, okay. who is the current Robin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that Tim seems Drake is also okay. Robin. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not fully but, up on what Tim Drake's up to. Uh, he's is he not Red Robin right now? now? No, he went by Red Robin for a while, and then when they did Rebirth and he was in Detective Comics, yeah. it was he was just referred to as Robin. Okay. Um, and then he's like, I'm retiring, but now he's. In a Bendis run, and Bendis doesn't care about continuity, no. so he's just like, oh yeah, I'm Robin. Yeah, I'm going to no. catch up on that Young Justice run at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's a Bendis where it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
But Speaking of Peter continuity. David, Young Justice. I'm uh, reading that right now, actually. That's what I started with. I have it downloaded on my iPad. I sometimes read digitally. It's fun. Uh, uh, last question. Yeah. Uh, do you have just a comic book recommendation? Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to make you narrow it down to one since we're doing lightning. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes giving me I'm like... Like we of we had like things. we just recommend like ten already. Yeah. Okay, there's of been, things been a lot I'm going to narrow it down for myself too. Of things currently running, okay. because we've named a lot of my favorite comic book gardens already. Yeah, um, you yeah. know the the yeah. X Factor by Peter <laughs> David. We named um, uh, uh, the Hawkeye run. You know those are definitely must reads for me. Um, I will say, in that case, um, uh, of currently running ones, check out. The Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing, because it is freaking phenomenal. It was a bit of a slow start for me at first, uh-huh. but then by issue three, I'm just like, I am in this. Yeah. It is different than anything else before. It is sort of pseudo-horror vibes to the Hulk, which is kind of what he originally was. Uh, the first few issues are kind of uh, anthology almost feeling, but then they get into a story arc and connect them all, and it's just chef's kiss. It's just so good. It's it's an Eisner Award nominee, if not winner. I can't remember. Eisner Awards being the uh, like Oscars or Tonys yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, for the yeah, comic yeah, books yeah, industry. Yeah. Uh, or closest equivalent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I have also read uh, the first two trades of it, and it is... I'm not a Hulk guy. Uh, I'm into it. It's yeah. really good. And it builds off some stuff, from my understanding, from the Peter David run of the Hulk. Uh, which is I one don't of, remember the Peter David run of the Hulk. Really? That's like one of the big ones. That's the big one, if my understanding is Yeah, correct. Peter David has been around for a long yeah. time and has done a lot. This is one of, like, the first things he did. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he's... Which I was surprised to find out that he's been around for so long. Because yeah. uh, sort of a lot of those older comic writers, their style doesn't sort of, doesn't often change with the times. There are small moments when he writes something in the current day where I'm like, oh, I can tell that you're a guy who started in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but but for better the than part, most of them, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, he has adapted to the new style super well. That I, When I was reading X-Factor, I was just like, oh my god, he's he wrote <clears throat> X-Men comics back in like the 80s? Yeah. What? It wasn't even his first run on X-Factor. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so now we get to our final segment. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, yes. Uh, which is nothing to do with comic books. No, no, no. Uh, okay. So Eco can... Uh, <laughs> well, what's the name? What's the name of it? Okay. Oh, uh, so yeah. we're skipping the other one because he never got yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this Sorry. is the... No, no, it's... Uh, I needed somebody to text me yeah, to do the other no, no. segment. There's no and, Steve Israel Memorial Joke today. Yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, everybody who's looking forward to that. Yeah, I know you were excited for our newest segment, the Steve Israel Memorial Joke, but uh, he didn't respond to my text. No, so, so, uh, so no, not, not today. Today we're going to go to the Danny Clark, Clark Memorial yes. question. Uh, Danny Clark's alive and well. Steve Israel, alive and well. Okay. Uh, I'll roll with it. Yeah. Uh, Danny Clark got married earlier this week, I believe. Congratulations, Danny Clark. Congratulations. I haven't talked to you in years, and I'm referencing you on a podcast. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Um, I mean, mean, it seems like he got married. Uh, and hopefully well. Hopefully well. Ball and chain. Am I right, married man out there? (laughs) I am married. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Ego, do you want to ask the question? Uh, sure. What is the craziest thing you are willing to admit that you believe? The craziest thing that I'm willing to admit, I believe? Yes. Yeah. God, I don't even know. Because, I mean, it wouldn't seem crazy to me, necessarily. Oh, boy. That is tough. You know, you're that's one of those things where I'm put on the spot. I can't think of it. But, I'll, like, a half hour from now, I'll be on the train going, 
oh, of course, hamsters are fictional, like, or something wild. Now, do you believe that? Let's explore that. Hamsters are real. Okay. Um, Gerbils? Well, hamsters hamsters are also a form of food. What? <laughs> this is this is Alex, this will help you let you think. Hold about on, this. I want to unpack that. This, this, help, this will help you let you. This hopefully will. Help okay, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, unpack that. Uh, hamsters are a good thing for Robin to eat when you're in a uh, bat cave infested <laughs> with hamsters, and you're written by Frank Miller, and you need to train Robin. Oh, so this, the story behind this is that uh, in college we would have chicken cordon bleu, uh-huh. but my but the people at my house would house being like. Not really a frat, but it's like it's my dorm essentially. Yeah, my dorm at Caltech. They, they would, they would, they would just call them hamsters. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was a joke on ham. Oh it, no, they would have. They would be chicken cordon bleu with oh, ham inside. Like it's oh. like it's a ham that plays the music you downloaded. Hamster, Napster. Oh, <laughs> I, I might be dating myself there a little. No, bit. no, oh, no. I don't hey man, Sean things. Parker went to my high school. Not Ooh. at the same time. Sean Parker, the creator of Napster. I mean, you I know, I never by, actually knew his real name. Oh, played by Justin Timberlake in the movie uh, The Social Network. Oh. He's the guy who's like, uh, why have a million dollars when See, you have a billion? I always thought it was the real Napster played by Seth Green in The Italian Job. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that scene, actually. <laughs> That's one of the few scenes I remember from The Italian Job. Okay. Okay. Uh, craziest thing, I believe. I mean, I do believe like there are aliens out there. Oh, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, yeah. statistically, what are the freaking odds that there are not? Mm, Look yeah. at the number of stars. How many planets would they yeah. have around them? Like, there's intelligent life out there somewhere. Um, I do believe that probably one of the, one of them has been here. Like, not landed on Earth. I think that they have been within our solar system, okay. took one look at us, and went... Like, basically, I think that we are currently Gary, Indiana of the galaxy, okay. where they go, oh, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Why would I ever want to go there? Look at the state of that place. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just like Gary, Indiana, they look at us and they go, mm. Gary, well, Indiana. Michael Jackson was born there. Mm, Michael Jackson was born there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, that, to that point, that actually makes a lot of sense, because here's the thing. I want, the last time I was in Gary, Indiana, I saw a billboard that I think actually really describes Gary very well. Uh, it was a picture of babies, uh-huh. and all the billboard said was, don't shake us. Yeah, <laughs> what? No. what? That was it. That was the entire billboard, and I'm like, what kind of a town is Gary if you need a billboard to remind you not to shake babies? Wow. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Nice. Question. So that is, that is where I land with the weird things, because I don't believe, I don't know, uh, like, too many weird things that... I know other people think I wish sure. are weird. No, uh, the, that's like an interesting... Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of people believe in aliens. The fact that you're already going with the... Uh, uh, the lay-on of, like, they've the been lay- here. That, that they've kind of been here. Yeah. But of the... Uh, I don't know, because I do... I've seen a chart of, like, these are the reasons... Po- these are the reasons they theorize that if aliens do exist, why we've never seen them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. there's various theories, and that is one of the theories. That's yeah. just like, <laughs> they've seen us, they just don't care to meet us. I, yeah, I know. I mean, I, God, I love that. No, why have we never seen them if there are aliens? Because the universe is freaking huge, man. Yeah, yeah that's so, the... Like, yeah. I think that's the, uh, that's the, the most the, likely most one. popular thing. Yeah. yeah, so I know statistically speaking, like, I, I'm probably in the lower statistics of what I believe to be true. Yeah, is true. sure. Like, yeah. logically, I know this, but... I think they're just avoiding us because we as a planet currently suck. Have you, uh, so did you, are you a Star Trek fan at all? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely like Star Trek. I'm not um, super like I, I, it's not as big a thing for me as comics are. Okay, yeah. But I, I like I've watched through the majority of the Next Generation. Okay, yeah. I say the majority because I'm sure there are episodes I haven't seen. Sure. Yeah, and of it's been a couple of years. Of I've watched through most of Deep Deep Space Nine. I okay, like yeah. it. Okay, but yeah. You seen Little Green Men? The episode. You remember that one? Uh, no, not Spoilers, at least not off kind the, of. not off the top of my head. Oh, the Frangy go back in time and and crash in Roswell. <laughs> that's that's the premise. Okay, yeah. that sounds like a fun episode. It's a fun episode. <laughs> it's a fun episode. You know, my favorite episode is when the um, spoilers for Zach. I guess yeah, it's fine. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. My again, this is like nearly twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. My favorite episode of the Next Generation though is when uh, Captain uh, Picard is alone on the ship because everyone else got off the ship for like shore leave of some sort oh, and yeah. hijackers try to take it and he there's a full Captain Picard die hard oh, dude, yeah I was like this is Captain he, Picard die yeah, hard yeah they yeah, turn off the this. power yeah. and all he has is like a crossbow and his flute and I'm just like yeah yes. Captain Picard I gotta watch that again <laughs> they're like a because there's the episode mine, right I don't it's remember. Probably, I think that was Starship Mind. There's the episode also where like everybody gets separated and he's just with four children and he has to oh, essentially. Yeah, yeah uh, dude, that, that, that's fun too. Yeah, which actually reminds me of the uh, issue of Daredevil from the Mark Wade run where he has to save mm. a bunch of kids in the wilderness. Oh but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just read that. That was near because that was near the when Secret Wars happened. Oh, yeah, that was coming so. up on it. Or okay, at least yeah, when they yeah. were setting the groundwork. Yeah. And so I remember that issue, just the yeah. Mark Wade run. That's another run. You should look it up. I may own that whole run in Omnibuy. Omnibus. Good. Because it's, it's so good. I'm a Daredevil guy. That's oh, by the way, for diehard Star Trek Next Generation, that is Starship Mine. I, Starship I Mine? Okay. Yeah. Starship I gotta look mine. that up. Yeah. Mine? Mine. Yeah. My Starship. My Starship. My Starship. My Starship. My Starship. My Starship. Yes. Uh, do we have anything else? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Do you have any plugs? <laughs> plugs? Uh, uh, yeah. If you like comedy things. I perform every other Sunday at the Comedy Clubhouse with a organization called One Group Mind. My yeah. group is called... I just got added to this group because my original group got disbanded due to scheduling things. It was very sad, but I'm now put on a group called uh, Champagne Charlemagne. Cool. At least at this point in time. You know, who knows what the future holds. Hopefully I'll have more stuff happening, but, you know, that's a good place to to go and, you know, go to the Comedy Clubhouse. It's a great venue, honestly. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I played with my uh, hip-hop team there. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can do this again because I got plenty more to talk about. Ooh. You want to know how weird the fucking Hulk is? Oh, Ooh. I'll tell you about how weird the Hulk is. Ooh. There's one scene I did not get to describe, but I'm going to save it for next time. I think I know what's will uh, We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out after the recording. Uh... Tuesday, 7.30, at the Annoyance Theater on Belmont. Ooh. Mint. Oh, yeah. Oh, I gotta do Mint next time. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. I gotta I got go to Mint next time. I can go to Mint. Ooh, I should go to Mint. You should go to Mint, too, listener. Yeah, go to Mint. Why the fuck aren't you at Mint, yeah, listener? Yeah, it is fresh. Yeah. You know what? You're a loser if you're not there. Yeah. I'm bullying them now. I want you guys to know I'm full-on bullying and, our audience. And uh, by point. extension, he's bullying himself because he's never been. <laughs> I, and uh, Hold on. Hold on. Sad. Stop speaking truth to power. Hold on. Now. Let me neg the audience real quick. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really brave that you guys uh, don't go to Mint and just take on this mantle loser so so well. <laughs> Uh, they, the audience has the wow. hots for you right now. Wow. I think the audience. Wow. Oh, that's uh, just I'm definitely married. works. That's just because I'm married and they can't have me. Oh. Uh, I have no plugs. 
Uh, okay. I have to really pee, so let's end this episode. All right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from Eco, Zach, and Alex, we're signing off. Bye. Stay beautiful.